Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back. Thanks for joining me again. Good to have you along. I am really looking forward to today's conversation with Kate Graham. Kate is the Head of Content Labs and Insight at Unleash. Now, with more than 18 years working in HR, talent and learning and development, Kate works with practitioners, business leaders, vendors and analysts to uncover trends and create research and content that supports the people and organizations powering HR tech worldwide. Kate also hosts Learning Now TV twice a month. And she's regularly chairing judging panels on various industry awards. So look out for that. And ever a glutton for punishment, Kate also recently co-founded the Women in Learning movement, which is working to create a better balance and greater diversity across our industry. So Kate, thank you very much for joining me today. It's my absolute pleasure, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. And whereabouts are you based today? I am in not so sunny Cardiff. Oh, lovely Cardiff. Great part of the world. It, it um, is. The weather is questionable this time of year, but yes, it is. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah I, I moved about five years ago and I haven't regretted it for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, there is something special um, and fairly predictable about Welsh weather, but you know, we'll <laughs> dwell on that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just bring your umbrella, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So great stuff. Uh, look, we've got lots to cover, but could we start with maybe you just giving us a quick snapshot of your background? Absolutely, yeah. So I, um, you talk about me being a glutton for punishment in the <laughs> in the intro. I think I'm a glutton for punishment. I've been in and around the kind of the HR tech industry my whole career, which is more years than I I care to count <laughs> now. I'm I'm showing my age. Started out on the vendor side of the market um, back in the days of classroom training and IT training. So moved from there into the kind of the learning technology world. And um, from there, I have kind of expanded out into had a sojourn as my own boss, uh, where I worked uh, with organizations around their messaging, their marketing and communications, uh, right the way across um, HR, talent and learning, um, and then spent five years at Fosway Group. Uh, so analyst, again, working right the way across kind of HR, uh, talent and learning. So I've kind of expanded out, I always say, like learning and development uh, feels like home turf for me because that's where I've I've been in and around my whole career. Um, but now at Unleash, I find myself having conversations daily around things like payroll, um, you know, workforce planning, like the whole kind of gamut really of uh, of HR tech. So I always think of it like a bit of a spectrum. Um, so yeah, work right the way across that. And I kind of feel like a lot of the things that I've done in my career have almost led me to this point in this role um because I kind of have a obviously a, a, by this point a pretty good knowledge of of the market and the audience um and some of the the pain points that people in organizations are are trying to grapple with every day and it's obviously it's a bit of a cliche to talk about kind of post-pandemic but clearly you know the covid situation exacerbated um a lot of the challenges that HR was already facing but also kind of brought HR to the table I think in a in a new way um, and actually as much as 
you know, I would never underplay the kind of the the impact, obviously, that the pandemic has had is of it is also a, a huge opportunity, <clears throat> I think, for for HR as a whole as, and as a profession, but also for organisations. And it, it sounds a bit cheesy, but I think to be able to step back and put people at the centre, um, you know, we've seen that suddenly it's not all about the people in the ivory towers that are the most important. It's actually the people on the front line who have got us through. Um, and I think to have um, approaches and strategies and cultures in place that emphasise the importance of those people and their retention and their development um, and their satisfaction and their experiences at work. Um, that's all going in the right direction for me. So to, just to be a part of that conversation um, still feels like a massive privilege. That's really good. And certainly it's almost uh, one side of the, the dividing line or the other for companies with the whole great resignation thing going on, that the ones that are doing things properly and really putting people at the centre, as you say, I said, I would think that they're going to perform or come out better out of the on the other side of this whole great resignation issue than the ones that are uh, not focused on that aspect at all. Um, yeah, yeah, there's not. I mean, there's not a day that goes by at least where we're not having a conversation with somebody um, about this. But you've there's so many layers to what goes into creating that satisfaction and that culture mm. um you know we're running a session tomorrow on diversity equity and inclusion in in hiring cultures for example you know that's just one strand of creating teams that are are diverse and inclusive um and rewarding to 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 work within um you know we're doing something else next week around um rewards and recognition and you know the the guy from from there uh, it talks about how it's not just on managers and leaders to show rewards and recognition. It is on all of us to show kind of peer recognition and how do you foster a culture in which that that comes to the fore. So I just think the and obviously there's pay, you know, and all, all of those kind of things is flexibility. Um, so I think the kind of the multi-layered nature of the beast is kind of what keeps it endlessly fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask you uh, to describe Unleash to people who don't necessarily know what Unleash is and what it does? Yeah, absolutely. So we grew out of um, the world's biggest and boldest um, HR tech events. So previously known as uh, HR tech um, and HR tech Europe, <laughs> um, we actually grew out of um, in the early kind of 2010s, um kind of roundtables um and very intimate uh, sessions with handpicked uh hr leaders and it's sort of escalated into i mean i think our last show was actually 2019 um pre-covid um but kind of um 5,000 people in paris um big expo big conference um we do events in the states as well and unlike, I think, a lot of events companies chose not to pivot into just trying to take those events online during the pandemic, but actually took a step back and created um, a digital side of the business. So we have an editorial arm who are independent, so uh, reporting on news, um, you know, things like funding rounds, um, obviously, are coming through thick and fast. Um, all that investment side of the market, but also um, research, analysis, interviews with HR leaders, 
I'm always trying to share that back uh, with our worldwide community of uh, leaders and practitioners around the world. So, yeah, so we um, and my job is looking after content labs and insights. So I work very closely with uh, both the events team and the editorial team uh, to bring the kind of the some of the commercial content, but also do our own research. Uh, so I was just sort of talking to you before about the YHR Project Succeed yeah. uh, pro uh, research, which is just just crunching the numbers on at the moment, but also bringing things like the webinars, um, research reports, downloads, all of that kind of stuff to people. So I always think it's about my job is about telling these stories um, and connecting maybe the vendor and supplier side of the market with the um, HR leaders and practitioners. Yeah, bring them to life. And I know you guys do some great research. And as you said, the why do HR projects succeed research that's going on at the moment. That's that's a great project. So I remember reading an email about it. It was talking about how when more than one in five projects fail, what does it take to make them succeed and learnings from that? So if you're listening to this, definitely go and check that out because it's, yeah, it's really interesting stuff. And uh, when I see uh, Kate's eyes light up thinking about the data, you can see she's she's a storyteller, but a data analyst nerd almost at the same time. <laughs> We've got the both going on. I do. Uh, I, I have to say, I do miss my Fosway colleagues um, at <laughs> times. Uh, I'm not. I'm not naturally a number cruncher, um, but I'm working with some a great team um, who are helping me do that. And I think mm. it's when the dots start to become clear and you start to connect them, and you can really kind of get into the skin of what matters. And I was saying to you before as well. I sort of always have. Um, you know, marketing people will talk about personas and things like that. But for me, it's more, I always have protagonists in my head of, you know, I'm if I'm a busy HRD, I've got a million things to do. Mm. If I'm going to spend, you know, 20 minutes of my precious day reading a report from Unleash, or if I'm going to spend an hour of my precious time going to a webinar, or two days of investment of time going to our event in Paris, what do I need to be able to take away from that? And and I need to be able to come back to work, share some insights and be able to do my job better or help other people do their jobs better. Um, and that's what's always kind of front of mind for me is that practical side of things. Absolutely, absolutely. So on a practical side then, if someone is from an HR tech company listening to this, how could they work with Unleash? Oh, from a provider, do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's what I'm doing every day. So again, it comes back to that storytelling piece. So I think it's how can we best help providers tell their stories? So for me, it isn't about features and functions of a platform, although obviously the capabilities and, and functionality is important for organisations when making selections. But I think from an Unleashed point of view, it is about understanding what those providers can bring. I'm always looking for that point of differentiation whenever I talk to a new client. So, you know, what part of the HR tech stack do they do they operate in and how do they help their customers already? You know, we're always looking for those success stories and those wins. Um, and we always work very closely with the sponsors and vendors to get their clients to the table because that's where I think we really see the value so it's understanding really what their priorities are the problems and the pain points that they're trying to help fix 
Um, and Lisa has a very long history of working with um, startups, championing startups. And mm-hmm. um, we've we've always had the startup competition, which will be coming back for 2022. Um, and that is all about looking at innovative ways of tackling those pain points in, in the market. Um, obviously, some of those get acquired very quickly and absorbed into kind of bigger suites and bigger solutions. Um, but I think it is always having that finger on the pulse of the slightly disruptive element of the market and looking at how things can be done better because there is always room for improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I turn now then to something that I I saw recently and that was you co-founding the women in learning movement. Um, Can you tell us what that's about and what led you to co-founding that movement? Yeah, absolutely. So in 20. 19 so I get my years mixed up now everything, <laughs> everything blurs into time stands still post, yeah, yeah. Uh, post-covid yeah so in 2019 2018 sorry um Don Taylor uh who chairs the uh, learning and skills group and the learning technologies conference published some data um that showed that women were still not getting to the top of the learning and development profession and um I think their community is about sort of 12 15,000 strong worldwide Um, And the data showed that in kind of junior positions within learning and development in-house, not the vendor side of the market or the consultancy side, but in-house, so big organisations, the the kind of the lower jobs were about two thirds women. And then when you got to leadership positions, it was about two thirds men. It was a very simple statistic and one that almost just sort of passed me by at the Mm -hmm. time. And I think that within learning and development and within HR as a whole, as a woman, it's very easy to be lulled into a false sense of security because there are women everywhere. Um, I know loads of really successful, you know, HRDs, CHROs, CLOs. Um, There are lots of women within the industry um, right across the board. So you go to, you know, maybe another industry's event, again, pre-COVID, and, you know, if it was pure tech or finance, you know, you might find that women are more in the minority in the room, but actually at a learning conference or a HR event, you won't find that. You'll find a very sort of, feels like a very equitable split. Um, But when the data kind of showed that really they weren't getting to the top, that really kind of, (laughs) I think it really triggered me, um, to be honest. Um, And then Sharon Claffey-Kaliubi, who's based um, out of Boston in the US, um, had been working on the American side of the event circuit um, with Elliot Macy and some other um, event providers around um, women-only type sessions um, and how do women get promoted and those sorts of things. So we, I think, were introduced to each other in 2019 And we just kind of both felt so strongly about these stats and really wanted to do something around it. So Sharon had the idea of bringing together a a women in learning um, session at the Learning Technologies event, uh, which we did. Um, And then off the back of that, um, we were just kind of blown away really by the response. I think, you know, we we had LinkedIn posts with kind of 30, 40,000 views, um, which just felt like a lot. and we just started the LinkedIn group, hashtag women in learning, and then kept the hashtag going alongside the conversation because we wanted to be able to pull that in. And what we've seen off the back of that is people starting 
their own podcasts, um, people writing articles, editorial, and um, people having meetups, again, pre-COVID, um, and just lots of people kind of coming together, even a book club, lots of people kind of coming together just to be able to kind of share experiences and really, um, I think, just unpick what, what are the barriers, but also I think in 2021, International Women's Day, the, they have a theme every year mm. and the theme um for last year was uh, choose to challenge and um another lady from the u.s uh, dr jane bozarth um who works for the the learning guild she contacted me about doing a piece of research around international women's day and, and the women in learning movement and for that we chose to challenge what success looks like because actually success doesn't necessarily have to mean getting to the upper echelons of the, the corporate job. ladder. And I think this is one of the nuances for, for any gender, but I, I think especially, you know, I mean, I'm 42, I've got two kids, um, I work full time, I work full on, um, and it takes a village for me mm. to be able to do that. I'm lucky I've got amazing support um, and, and, and backup, but if you don't have that and actually flexibility is more important to you, and maybe jumping off the corporate ladder and being your own boss and having that flexibility and being a consultant mm. and working when you choose is more meaningful um, and has had a bigger resonance of success than being at the top of that corporate ladder. So I think it's a really interesting area um, and one that has been a bit hijacked, of course, by the kind of the COVID situation. Mm. Um, but it, I'm very, very passionate about things like mentoring. Um, and um, now I've, I've always been really fortunate throughout my career to have people um, open doors for me, um, spend time with me. Actually, some of my best champions, my best mentors have been men. And that's, that's great. That's fine. Um, but I'm very aware that I've been very fortunate and I want to be able to help pay that forward to the next generation of 20 and 30 year olds coming up behind me as well. What do they need to help them succeed? And what does their definition of success look like? So I think for me, it's less about, I thought the measure of success when we started out would be to rerun those metrics that were originally run in 2018 and say, right, yes, it's half and half, half the women are now in leadership positions within learning and development. But actually, the more the time has gone on and, and the world has changed, um, I think those measures of success need to be sort of recalibrated and, and a little bit different now. I pause because I think there are, there, there are two streams to that, two parallel streams. One is, yes, that potentially people could become their own bosses, run their own business site. I run, I run a program called Start Your Own HR Consulting Business. So I get that completely. On the other hand, the other stream is for people who want to remain in the corporate world, I think we need to get those numbers 50-50. And then what you're doing there is driving that or supporting that, un, unpacking the issues, as, as you mentioned, and try to find out what's doing that and drive cultural change. Um, yeah, and I, and I think it's about belief and I think it's about demonstration. I think, um, you know, I was listening to an audio book um, at the weekend and they were talking about um, how you know standing up straight 
presenting yourself in a certain way, putting your best foot forward, you know, if you do all of that, then good stuff will come to you. I was a bit like, oh, I'm not, <laughs> you know, some of that is a bit, sim- it was a bit simplistic to me, to be honest. But I think there is something about having that self-belief. Um, you know, imposter syndrome is huge. It's, it's huge with everybody. I don't mm-hmm. think it's, I don't think it's women specific, um, but it is something that I grapple with all the time all the time you know I mean I I left um a job that I loved in a company that I loved to take the leap and and come across to a new company that I love and a new job that I love but mm. you know it's terrifying terrifying to to take that leap um but I knew it was the right thing to do and I've kind of I'm somebody that I think I'm fortunate enough in my life to have as I say great backup and great support and that enables me to have the courage of my convictions and and some of that is about having the right support, but also some of it is almost like a muscle, like you have to exercise that and you have to have that belief. And you don't start off in your career necessarily in your 20s having all of the, I mean, you know, I'm 40 and I don't have, I have all the answers. So mm-hmm. it, for me, it's very much about paying it forward. It's not just about younger people, of course, mm-hmm. um, but I am also, I'm very, very conscious of kind of helping those up behind me. Yeah. Oh, look, when I, I finished university, I entered the workforce knowing everything. Um, <laughs> only to discover. But, but to your point, but to your point on the uh, it takes a village around the childcare issue, I think that applies also for the issue at hand on the women in learning movement or hashtag women in learning movement, because uh, yes, you've got you to gotta build the muscle and you've, there's all sorts of things around mental barriers and confidence and so on. I think. But equally, the system around you has to change to facilitate that growth and allow that growth to happen. So I, I love what you guys are doing, that's for sure. Thank you. And I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, it's something I've, I very much want to kind of come back to um, and spend a bit more time on and, and focus a bit more on. Sharon's been doing loads of stuff in the US. They've been having hybrid events um, and various things and and I think one of the slight misconceptions around it um, initially was that it was almost like going to become sort of like an organization or a you know almost like a non not-for-profit or, mm. or something like that but I think it's the hashtag piece is important for me because I think it is much more about a movement and what oh. I want to be able to do is empower people so you know, if you live in Edinburgh and you wanted to have a meetup, you don't have to ask for permission to have a women in learning meetup. Like yeah. you just do it. And if you think about hashtags like, you know, me too and, and things like that, not, nobody owns that. No. And so I'm keen to be a driver and a supporter of it, but it, it it's definitely not supposed to be, you know, a vehicle for any particular person or any particular organization. Um so um, Thrive Learning, for example, is, is a company that's kind of picked it up and that ball up and run with it. They've done a couple of events. Um, I spoke at an online event that they did last year. Um, so Helen Marshall um, has done some stuff with that, but their CEO, um, Sean, has been really supportive. And that's just that's just an initiative. They've taken that. No one's asked them to do that. Andrew Jacobs um, is a consultant in the L&D space. He's created a platform called Women Talking About Learning, and it's a podcast, and he's not in, really involved in it at all in terms of the interviews and the discussion. He's trying to create a platform for other women, um, and I think that's amazing. Again, he's just he's just done that off his, off his own bag. Um, and, 
you know, where um, things like at least where I have a very real um, opportunity to influence it now is things like I'm putting together webinar panels every day, every day, you know. And so what's mm. the diversity split? What's the gender split? Um, you know, we don't want just the, the classic middle aged white guys um, and manals, um, you know, leading the, the way unleashed. That's not that's not our way. Um, and it's not representative and we have a real kind of responsibility and a real opportunity to quite literally change the face of what mm. people are seeing in the industry and that and we take that really really seriously so I think it's just about having that thread through everything that you do but enabling other people to to pick up the ball and run with it as well mm. it, it's it almost seems obvious some of that stuff but then I, just this week I saw a conference and I looked at the speakers and I went well they all look like me you know white middle-aged males and I was wow yeah and I think it's and it, it's called cool, again it's calling people out on that stuff as yeah. well um, I, yeah, I did let them know privately the one of the organizers yeah, I know but I yeah. think that's great you don't have to be a keyboard warrior about it you can be really polite um but I mean you know I mean today we're doing a session yeah it, it happens to be one you know kind of I, I don't know if I should call him middle-aged but one white guy um, who's leading the presentation? That's okay. Um, you know, tomorrow we're doing a session on DNI, and it's like, you couldn't have a session on DNI if you didn't have a diverse panel. But it's all—it's not just about having the diverse panels for a session about diversity. It's about having that as a central tenant of something yeah. that you just do and you just pay attention to. Um, and I think I'm—I'm I'm trying to learn all the time, and yeah. and it's—it's it's been interesting. Um, going on this journey, even around, um, you know, the, the gender stuff, um, you know, it, it's my cousins um, I now identifies as, as non-binary. That's been a journey for me, um, yeah. someone in my age group to, to go through and understand all that stuff. So I'm, I'm learning all the time. So definitely about, you know, two ears, one mouth yeah. as well. And just yeah. like pay attention. Yeah. And oh, that's great. Um, before I move on to my sort of final question around your advice on the marketing side for companies in this HR space, uh, for people interested in the hashtag women in learning movement, there's no central website as such, is there? What should they yeah. do if they want to learn more about that? No, funnily enough, uh, that there, there, there is, I have got a domain um, that I need okay. to do, I need to do something with, but there is a LinkedIn group. There's a, there's a couple of thousand people on there now. And mm -hmm. it's really nice because it isn't just all women. It's, it, mm -hmm. it is a, a kind of, it's um, mixed. Um, and that is hashtag women in learning. You can just search for it as a LinkedIn group. Annoyingly, the way that LinkedIn groups work means that I have to, like we have to approve uh, the people that come in but yeah. there's not there's not really you know if you're interested then absolutely the idea is that it's inclusive and you know it was interesting at the time you know we did get kickback um should it just be a plat should it just be a group for women mm -hmm. um you know and and we did um a couple of kind of events and talks where you know we had men on the panel um and again came under fire for for some of that um and um Deborah Francis White I don't know if you've come across her but she is the host of the Guilty Feminist podcast and has written a book by the same name um she was kind enough to respond uh to me and give me some advice and she kind of said you know you're always going to get flack if you stick your head up 
above the parapet you know you're always going to catch some flag mm. but you know if your intentions are good and you're trying to build an inclusive space you know then you know just just crack on basically like do be brave and, and do what you've got to do mm. um and I think that's again there's a great message in there for everybody else like it can be a bit scary to to stick your head up and we did get some flag you know from other women which I was really <laughs> I was really surprised and disappointed by but actually it's sort of that's where you learn and that's that's where you grow and hopefully that's where we help other people learn and grow as well yeah so if you're listening to this on the go check out hashtag women in learning uh, group on LinkedIn uh, and also just search on the internet because it sounds like it's growing movement and there'll be more and more down the line so just to finish then kate uh, on you've got so much experience on the marketing side and the hr tech space do you have any advice for companies in the hr tech space on how they can grow their businesses faster or in a more predictable way yeah i think it's about from a product side of things it's busy it's a busy busy space um and you know don't just be an also run don't you know what are you what what are your differentiators but more than that don't just think about it from a marketing perspective what are the pain points that you're helping people tackle you know we've seen startups come through a niche who have done you know things around like text to speech um automation and ai around um uh, you know, in uh, CV screening, stuff like that back in the day, um, it, it, you know, AI-driven engines that help assess skills um, that have since been acquired and absorbed into much bigger solutions. You know, what part of the employee lifecycle are you trying to help with? And how is that different to anybody else? Um and that might be a features and functions piece, or it might be about how you approach the market. But I think it's always, again, I come back to the piece about storytelling, mm. you know, and let people play with it. Let people, let people who are on the ground have a go. Don't try and don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Get feedback from people who are using this stuff. The HR community is so, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I'm still here after all these years is because they're people people and they really genuinely care about helping people in their organizations. And they're really great at giving feedback. It's almost, it's part of their job. Yeah. So, you know, and they've seen, most of them have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of HR tech. You know, they've been burnt. They've been, you know, it's like dating. They've like, <laughs> they've had the, they've had the toxic relationships. They've, you know, they've had the bad dates. They've had all of that. And so, if you're starting out in the space, that's the, I think, the most important thing you can do is to try and get in front of people that know what they're talking about. Be open with them and get their feedback, but understand the pain points that you're trying to uh, hit and solve, and then communicate that really, really clearly. Brilliant. That's great advice. Absolutely. Okay. We've covered so much ground. I really want to thank you for all you've shared today. If people want to learn more about you or about Unleash, what should they do next? Uh, I am at Kate Graham 23 on pretty much everything. Uh, so you can find me on um, 
Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm not really much of a TikToker, but you know, it's there. Um, so yeah, just, just hit me up. Um, I'm always keen to have a conversation. If I can help or connect anybody, um, then that's a massive part of what I, I do. I, I, I love to kind of, um, you know, kind of, as I say, pay it forward. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about Unleash, just search um, unleash.ai. Um, you'll find our site. Um, all of our editorial is freely available. I'm hosting webinars probably two, twice a week on average. So do come along. They're free. Just come along, say hi, join in the conversation. Um, the community is really awesome. Our, our audience is really awesome. And I'm sure there's a massive overlap with your audience. So, yeah. um, you know, definitely just come along and, and get stuck in, really. We'd love to see you. Brilliant. Okay. So unleash.ai. And you're at, was it Kate Graham 23, was it? Excellent. Kate, thank you very much for sharing your advice and insights today. Really had a great time chatting with you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Ben. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.